All right, BradCooney.com. I'd like to welcome to the show punk rap recording artist Dylan Lee Cronin. What's up, brother? I'm good, man. What you doing? I'm doing all right. Just trying to stay away from COVID-19 and stay cool. Yeah, I hear that. Same. Where are you at, in Texas? Yeah, uh, then just outside of Dallas. Nice. I'll actually be in Dallas spring of 2021 for a Paracon. We're having in Dallas. I don't know. Is that a Paracon? Yeah, man. You know what Comic Cons are, right? Yeah. Well, there's Paracons too for paranormal, paranormal fans. Oh, okay. All the shows and stuff. Yeah, I'm in a film called The House in Between, and so they're flying me out there to rep the film and meet fans and stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. I I used to live in San Antonio for ten years, man. I just haven't been. I haven't been back to Texas in a long time. I got you. Yeah, I'm from Georgia. Came out here, like late elementary school. Been here ever since. But I've always been in the DFW. I've never been to, you know, a southern or western. Yeah. Texas is like as big as like most countries, man. It's pretty big. It's a pretty big place. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this, man. Let's tell the listeners a little bit about you before we talk about your latest projects. Um, first and foremost, I listened to your song, and, I, and I, it's really, it's really an interesting, catchy song too. I enjoyed it. Um, I've never heard punk rap before, which was also intriguing to me. That made the song even better. Um, but before we get into that, tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, what what got you into music and and why. Uh, I mean, I think everybody, you know, music's a big part of life in general. Um, my dad played guitar and sang. He was really more so into just like country music. So, longest time that was all I really knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was like 11 years old. Uh, the first time I heard uh, Nas, the song One Mic. That song made me want to start rapping. Like that, really? that made me want to write lyrics. And and I, from there on, I just got really deep into hip hop in general. You know, like. Soon after that, I was just deep diving into Outkast, Tupac, Eminem, mm-hmm. Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, Slick Rick, all of that stuff. And that was what I wanted to do was, was hip-hop music. And around like, I was like 15, I think, I started playing guitar. And I started playing guitar because of uh, the, the beginning of All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah, like, of course. That opening and that solo made me want to play guitar. I picked one up right after that, started playing, but it was, what really got me into punk was just the, the attitude, the aggression, and how fast and simple it was, you know, because you don't have to be that great a guitar to be in a punk band. You know, you just pick up, you play, and you start making your music. Yeah. And I think just... Being, you know, mainly into those two genres, hip-hop and punk, that's what got me where I am now doing what I do. I just feel like, you know, punk rap hasn't been a thing, but it needs to be a thing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's definitely interesting. Um, I've never, like I said, I've never heard that that, um, genre before. And so when I heard your song, you know, I just, I kind of, I was trying to figure out in my head, like, I'm like, like, what does it sound like? It's It's cool. It's like, it's like a mix... It's like a mix of maybe Green Day in there because I, I, I always like Green Day too. Um, yeah, they were one of my favorite bands growing up, man. Yeah, for sure. I love Green Day. Yeah, me and you both. I mean, a lot of their songs. 
Um, and then you started rapping on top of it, man. I was like, wow, this is pretty freaking interesting, man. Um, so, like, talk more about the, the punk rap genre, though. Is that something unique to you? Because I'm really, really not privy to it, man. Or is there, are there other artists out there that are doing the same style? Uh, so, I had never, like, heard of it being a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I was in a band back in 2013, and, like, so there were two frontmen. There was me and the other dude. His name was uh, OSPC, and he was a rapper. He hadn't been in any band before that. Mm-hmm. But when we started the band, like, I taught him how to play bass. He was a bass player. I was a guitar player. Mm-hmm. We both raps and rapping different songs. And we were trying to, like, I guess think of how to, like, market ourselves and push put ourselves out there. It was like, oh, what should we call it? You know, he was like, because I don't want us to say we're like a rock rap band because, you know, that's that's done into the ground, one. And two, neither of us are fans of most bands that go by that genre. Like Rage Against Machine, I love them, but the vast majority of bands that I've heard that blend rock and rap in general, I'm not that fond of. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, fucking most of our rock influence comes from punk bands, you know, fucking the Ramones, Green Day, Sex Pistols, you know, so it was like fucking punk rap, and I coined it right then and there, Uh, I actually left that band in uh, 2015, but they're still together, Uh, him and there's another guitarist and a drummer, as far as I know, we're like the only two punk rap bands, old punk rap acts, Mm -hmm. like, out there, you know, and we still do shows together and whatnot, and feel like it needs to be a movement it really does yeah man it's good stuff i got a joey ramon story for you if you want to hear it real quick oh yeah so i'm from new york originally born and raised and i saw the ramones at a little place called the ritz in new york city this is back in like 1980 shit man fuck 84 maybe fucking long time ago but um so i got you know i was drinking this shit i was in this club and um, I was trying to find the bathroom, so I went back, walked down this fucking hallway and shit, and I found a bathroom, took a leak. I was, I was like half drunk. I wasn't like fucking shit face drunk, but I was, you know, I had a good buzz. And I just walked out this door, and it was, in a, instead of, you know, where I thought I was going, I actually went outside to the side of the building and fucking Joey Ramone standing out there. And I was like, holy shit. So, um, it was just him too, and he was smoking a cigarette, he had a fucking bottle of Jim Beam in his hand. And um, he said, oh, you must be lost. I was like, oh, yeah, I just, just finished taking a piss and I was heading back in. He's like, yeah, man, do you want a drink? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, you can come out and have a drink with me. So he just me and, me and Joey Ramona fucking drinking it out of his out of his Jim Beam bottle out in the fucking, side, I was in, in the fucking alley and it was all to the side of the building in 1984. Cool dude, man. I talked to him for about 10 or 15 minutes and that was the last time I ever saw him. Shook his hand and that was it. Here's my Joey Ramone story. Uh, that sounds like that would be a hell of a fucking experience. Oh, it was it was, it was mind blowing, oh. man. It was crazy as shit. But hey, I think he appreciated the fact that I wasn't like starstruck and shit with him. I just was like, yeah, you know, hey, nice to meet you. I, I told him I knew who he was and nice yeah. to meet him. But he he was just you know, he he was in there. There was a band though. I can't even remember the band that was playing. I think the band. You ever hear of a band called Circus of Power? No, I'm not familiar with them. You would probably like them, man, because they're like a punkish rock band too. But that, I think they were the headliner that night, and Joey Ramone was just there, was like supporting them. And um, 
But yeah, it was pretty cool, man. I got to talk to him for like 10 or 15 minutes and uh, pretty fucking good shit, man. That's one of my little stories. This is before cell phones and shit, man. I didn't have a camera or nothing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so you got a new single. Let's get back on you. Uh, Learn How to Smile. Now, that's a song I believe I heard. Um, what's the backstory? Tell, tell the listeners what that song's about. Uh, I mean, essentially, it's just like keep your head up, you know. Things may be rough, but you, you just gotta work through it and make the best out of every situation, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it never helps anything to be all down and down and out, you know. That's not a, a fighter spirit. Just gotta look on the bright side. Mm-hmm. Um, what really brought me to writing that. It's kind of funny too. Um, I actually wrote that song back in 2000. I think I wrote it in 2012 or 2013, and it was my. I wrote it because of my mother. She was like, you know, oh, all the songs you write are, they're all so negative and angry. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> I was like, okay, well, <laughs> fuck it. I'll write something nice and inspiring just for you, ma. And that came out and. I'm glad I did it because honestly, it's it's one of my favorite things I've written. Oh uh, yeah, but, it's catchy. You know, I like it. Less, you know, you do what your mama tells you. There you go. <laughs> you know what? Moms are always right about shit, man. It's like unbelievable. It's pretty good. Um, now I haven't heard any of the other stuff. I mean, you have a an album. Um, have you dropped the album yet? A, a, a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Has that dropped yet? Yeah, it's out. It's it's available on like every streaming site, man. How many tracks were on the song and, I mean, on the album, and um, are some of the other songs heavier? Do you have any more heavier type songs on there? Uh, so there's 10 tracks on the album. Um, I was, there's a song, Punk's Not Dead, You Are, and I'd say that's one of the heavier tracks on there. Um, and that's also like, I was debating on whether to make that or this one like the lead single. Yep. Because Punk's Not Dead is more of like a mission statement in general. Like, yeah, the track title is, you know, Punk's Not Dead. So it's definitely, that's a common phrase you hear all the time. But it's also like my introduction to people, to punk rap as a genre. Um, and like the last line in that song, when it ends, the last thing I say is, uh, Punk's Not Dead, you are, you little bitch. And it just cuts all the music out, like, on that line. Uh-huh. That, that fucking track, when I play it, it shows usually just kills fucking everything, man. People love that. Uh, that's one of the heaviest songs. I'm trying to think of another one, I would say. Now, when you play live, how many people are on stage with you? Uh, it depends. I mean, most of the time, most of the time I actually play by myself. That's really? That's time. So what do you but, use for like your drum tracks? You mean you use like what do you use? Do you play guitar while you're up there, or are you just rapping over stuff? I play guitar and I rap, but I also have the backing tracks for the bass and the drums. Gotcha, gotcha. That's pretty cool, man. That's interesting. It's also interesting. Um, all right, so finish what you were saying. Like, how many songs are on the record again? On the wonderful day. Uh, ten. Ten songs. That's good, man. Now, how many have you done any videos for these? Uh, there's a video for Learn How to Smile that I shot last week, um, but it's still being like edited and finished up by yep. the uh, the video dude. Where do you um, get your music produced? Do you go into a studio? Or do you do it yourself? How do you do that? Uh, there's a studio in Dallas off of Harry Hines called Fifty Fifty Studios, yep. and that's where I record all of my stuff. Um, 
the guy that I work with there is named Aaron Carpenter. He does all the engineering, the mixing, and mastering for everything. And he also played the drums on every one of these tracks. Oh, okay. Uh, I laid the vocals and played all the other instruments, the guitars and the bass. So, speaking of guitar, you're self-taught or did you take lessons? Uh, mostly self-taught. I had, like, a couple lessons from teachers, but it was never anything consistent. Um, honestly, like, 90% of what I learned, I learned from tablature and just listening. Because I can't, like, read music. Right. But, you know, tabs are real simple. You look at that, and as long as you know the rhythm, you know exactly how to form your hands. It's just yeah. a matter of getting the rhythm right. I took a music theory class in, in community college many, many years ago. And that's that helped me a lot, learning the tablature. Yeah. Um, I'm like you. I mean, I, I did take music theory, and I took a stab at learning how to read and write music. But I, I was like an epic fail, man. This fucking shit's pretty complicated. Um, as far as reading and writing music, I can play by I play guitar a little bit too, um, mostly by ear. But the tablature did help me um, a lot, so you're definitely right right about that. Um, all right, so I'm looking through my notes here, um, and you play guitar on all on on every song. I mean, that's you, right? All the guitars, me. The only track I didn't play all the guitar on is actually "Learn How to Smile." Mm -hmm. um, that track has two guitars on it and I played the rhythm but there's also the lead I don't know if you remember it well enough but that last verse yeah, at the a, end. Lot, yep. a lot more lead than everything mm -hmm. that's the dude the other dude that played guitar on that is a guy named Dennis Saldivar and he's actually the guitar the other guitarist in No Solutions the band that I, I was in previously that's good stuff so what's the plan for the rest of the year you got this album you uh, you dropped a single. What, what do you want to? I know COVID nineteen kind of fucked some shit up, but are you um, planning to try to get out and, and play some live stuff? And what do you want to do for the rest of the year? I think most of the rest of the year, man, I'm probably going to be just like you know promoting, uh, just trying to raise awareness online for the most part. Uh, I gig around Dallas pretty regular, but I haven't ever like ventured that far beyond Dallas. Mm -hmm. Um, and now is definitely not going to be the time to do that because of Corona. Right. I really don't know when I'm going to start playing again because everything's on lockdown and, you know, it's we're in the middle of the pandemic, which is kind of wild. Uh, I'm not sure when everything's going to open up again, too, because most of the places out here, you know, they're still, they're still locked down bars-wise. Bars -wise. I mean, yeah. the state's open, but most of the business owners are, are keeping it cool and doing at most like 25% capacity because you know you know uh, Governor Abbott is saying open it up most people aren't ready to do that I think because they see the risks and how yeah. uh, the numbers are still climbing Trump's going to have a, a fucking like 40,000 person rally in Oklahoma tomorrow oh is he? <laughs> yeah. I had heard that that was uh, scheduled for today but they moved it because of Juneteenth and it kind of seemed like Trump didn't even like. He didn't know. Know what mm -hmm. Juneteenth was, which is pretty, pretty damn wild for. Fucked up is what it is. He had no idea. Yeah. He's like clueless. You know why? He didn't have any black people in his whole cabinet. Like nobody even told him about it. I mean, yeah, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's fucking nuts, dude. It's nuts. And the fact that he's gonna have, he's gonna cram thirty thousand people up into that damn stadium or whatever to do it, man. Would would you know and. Well, that too. 
I mean, I don't know, because um, I didn't like cite sources or whatever, but I had heard that even for the people going to his rally, you've got to like sign a contract that says, you know, yep. you're entering at your own risk because of the pandemic. And I'm like, man, that's just like out of this world <laughs> shitty. <laughs> it is. Hey, sign this paper so if you fucking die, we, 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 you know, we don't have any blood on our hands. It's basically it what that's all Voluntarily. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> He don't give a fuck, man. He has zero fucks to give about. It's all about getting reelected. That's it, man. That's all. That's it. That's all he gives a shit about. Um, all right, so we kind of touched on who your musical influence was a little bit when you mentioned some of your um, some of your bands. Is there anybody else that you uh, that you haven't mentioned that you you really loved when you growing up listening to? to mention like one other group specifically I would definitely say Everclear bro oh yeah um that's a band that I don't think gets nearly as much recognition as they should when you're thinking of like 90's rock bands yep Sparkle and Fade like hands down probably the most influential rock album I like the way I sound and what I do I, I love that fucking record yeah Everclear is great I, I'm a big fan of them too did you did you get into the grunge scene at all back in the 90's well uh Man, I was too young. Like, I was born in 91. Oh, yeah, you were too um, young. Yeah. I was a fucking baby when all that was going on. <laughs> well, yeah, grunge, I'm a lot older than you are. Grunge has pretty much wiped out the hair bands. So when I, was, I was in the Navy back in the 80s. and I joined the Navy in, like, 84. Um, and back then it was, like, all hair bands, like Poison and... Rat, uh, Warren, Cinderella, uh, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses a little bit after that, but not that far after, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, so then all of a sudden these fucking, these fucking pothead dudes with like flannel shirts and shit showed up. And, but they had a pretty damn good genre of music, you know what I mean? Like Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots and, you know, Nirvana. And they just literally just wiped fucking clean the earth of all hair bands. They just disappeared like like they were just like squashed. One day they were there, and the next day they were gone. <laughs> it was that it was that quick, dude. It's it was, like the fucking comet with the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like a mass extinction event. It was like it was unbelievable how fast the hair bands just vanished off the earth. And then fucking then then Guns N' Roses came up in this clean house. I mean, when 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 GNR came out, oh my god, that fucking record there is the sickest record. I mean, you want to talk about you want to talk about like a like a game changing record? Appetite for Destruction was the, the sickest record I've heard in years, years. So many hits. I think I I don't think there's a song on there that didn't go top ten on the whole fucking record, A to Z. Unbelievable what they did. Yeah, I was actually gonna mention, man, since you brought up Appetite for Destruction. Like my dad, he's he's pretty much like just into country music. I, I you go through like his records and his shits, and you know all you see is like Hank Williams Jr., fucking yeah. George Strait. <laughs> just it, the furthest rock you'll get is Leonard Skinner, you know. Yep. But I was looking through his tape cassettes last time I was at his house, and I just thought it was so funny. The only the only fucking uh, rock cassettes he had. Where he had a couple Skinner, but he also had Appetite for Destruction. Oh, see, there you go. Like the, that was like the only fucking, like, straight <laughs> rock. <laughs> Guns N' Roses got into your father's pop culture. I mean, it's like, they, 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 yeah, they were that big. Guns N' Roses is so big that, that, that country, a country boy like your father had to have the record. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable how big they got. And they're still huge. They're, I mean, of course, that genre's not as big anymore, but... Yeah, but I mean, out of everybody that 
you would place in that, that specific style of rock. Like they oh, definitely yeah. tower over everything. Yep. I mean, they could still they could still probably pack out stadiums if they ever decided to do like a re, you know a, a reunion tour or whatever. They would stay because their their fan base is still fucking huge, huge. There's so many Guns N' Roses fans out there still. So, all right. So um, we touched on. You do write all the songs too, right? Are you the lyrics, lyrics and, and music also. Yeah, man. I, I write all of it. The only thing that don't come from what I've got like set out in my mind is, is the drums because I can't play drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I- I tried, man. I had a friend of mine who passed away now. God rest his soul. He tried to teach me drums. He, he literally, he had me sit down on his drum set. He had a drum set set up in his bedroom. This is when I lived in Texas, like, like back in the 90s. And he was a pretty damn good drummer, too. And he said, do you want to learn how to play drums? I said, yeah, man. He goes, all right, take a seat. So I got on there, and he gave me this really fucking, like, really easy little little drum like technique to do. Like a like a chimpanzee probably could have did it better than me, and I just couldn't fucking do it. He's like, "Nah, dude, you have to pick. You have to pick another instrument. You'll never fucking play drums ever in your life ever. If you can't do that, fucking just get off. Just get off, get out of there." And he's just brutally honest with me, man. He was just brutally honest with me, man. He's like, "Yeah, you, you can't do that." Nah, man. Pick another instrument. All right, man. Um, I think that's all I got. Did I miss anything? Is there any songs or anything that we missed? Singles. Do you want to talk about? I mean, I think that's good, man. Just, you know, learn how to smile as a single. I got the video coming soon. I don't have, like, a release date on it, but probably be here in the next next month or so. Learn how to smile? You're going to drop it on YouTube? Yeah. That's what's up. All right, we talked about the uh, rec- the record, A Wonderful Day in the Neighborhood. Learn how to smile the single. Now, where can everybody listening to this get your stuff? And when you have social media that you want people to follow you on? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram, just the name Dylan Lee Cronin. Um, Facebook, same, just Dylan Lee Cronin. You can get my record, A Wonderful Day in the Neighborhood, on like every streaming site, iTunes, uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, uh, yeah, all of it, title, all that. There you go. That's what's up. Hey, I enjoyed talking to you, man. I want you to come back. Um, come back anytime, man, whenever you got some new stuff you want to talk about, come on back, all right? All right, brother. Good luck to you, man. Stay safe. And I'll definitely talk to you soon, all right? Yeah, man. You too.